Hello, you beautiful you. Welcome back to another episode of The X. I'm Brenda, your podcast host. And I am very excited to introduce my next guest. Her name is Christina Smith. And Christina invited me to be on her mojo, her midlife mojo summit back in late spring, early summer this year in 2023, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. And it was fabulous. It was fabulous to connect with her. It was fabulous to talk about midlife women pursuing goals, pursuing their businesses, pursuing relationships, boundaries, you know, really getting connected to their health and their mindset. So when I did this recording with Christina, I was still hosting the Three Uniques podcast. So Christina came on to share with us what made her unique. And obviously it's still relevant today. And I totally believe fully in the Three Uniques platform. Uh, I'm just not practicing as part of my coaching business anymore. And therefore I'm not interviewing guests to be a part of it. But Christina and I had interviewed or done this podcast interview back in the late spring, early summer, just as I was about to go on my podcast hiatus, knowing that the podcast was going to change over to the X, I still didn't want to lose this episode. There's so much rich dialogue and I want you to hear it. I want you to be a part of this connection. So take a listen, remember to leave a review. Reviews are really important. It just says to me that this is what resonated with you and what you connected with. I'm not worried about rankings and whether or not I'm the top listed um, podcast. To me, it's more about, did this content resonate with you? Did you pull something away from it? And are you going to do something different tomorrow in your business, in your life to get more aligned? Let me know and enjoy. Welcome everybody. We're back for another episode of the Three Uniques podcast. Today I have on Christina Smith. Hi, Christina. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing awesome. It's a beautiful day here in Colorado. That's amazing. Yeah. So I don't have to tell folks that you're in Colorado, but that's, um, it's good to, good to have you here. I'm glad that it's nice and sunny there. It's rainy here on the West coast. I think our whole April, our whole spring is going to be rain, but it is what it is. That's what happens when you live on the West coast. So for folks listening, uh, Christina is a life coach and Christina, I've been recently connected this year. We've had a couple of times where we've overlapped on some things and I'm going to be part of her summit. That's going to be coming up in June. And so she'll probably share a little bit more about that with us today. Uh, Christina is also the author and the podcast host of the, I want to make sure I get it right, The Inviting Shift. So the book Mm -hmm. is called Inviting Shift and the podcast is also called The Inviting Shift. That is right. Exactly. So what is The Inviting Shift all about? Yeah. So um, when I first became a coach, I was actually a health coach Mm -hmm. and women would come to me and they want to lose weight. They want to drop their A1C, whatever it is that's going on in their health. Mm -hmm. And the thing was, they knew exactly what they needed to do. Like they didn't really need a health coach, right? So we have this logistical side and this emotional side. Mm -hmm. The logistical side was taken care of. They knew they needed to drink more water, get more sleep, do all the things, right? However, they were having a hard time like actually transforming it. And so after a few years of this, I was like, I need to know how does, how do we actually shift things? Like what does transformation look like? So I did a ton of research and I wrote a book called Inviting Shift, Mm -hmm. where shift is like an acronym and it talks about the five stages of shift and what that actually looks like. Right. And I found that of course, people had a struggle with the F stage. <laughs> you can call it any F word you want, but it's the fear and the fortitude stage. Oh, like we yeah. already 
what we need to do, but it's that actually implementing it and changing those habits. And that it's actually called fear of fortitude. So we either have the fortitude to keep moving forward and making those choices, or we cave into fear and then we start the whole damn cycle all over again. Um, and that was really eye-opening for me and started helping people really understand that this is supposed to feel hard sometimes. Like this is supposed to feel uncomfortable and that's okay. It's okay to be uncomfortable. And then um, last year, the Inviting Shift podcast came out. I really focus on midlife women. I love midlife. I think it is the best time. It's the best time in my life. And I want other women to feel that too. I want them to get their confidence, even if they've never had it. Um, I want them to feel good in their skin. And mostly I want them to feel good about how they show up in life. Like how, how am I approaching this relationship that has conflict? How am I approaching um, this craving within me that tells me I want to do more mm -hmm. than just work at my job. Um, I want to have purpose. I want to have meaning. How do we actually make midlife the best life? So that's what the Inviting Shift podcast is all about. And like you said, um, the midlife summit that's going to be coming up in June, mm -hmm. that is areas of our midlife. We're talking about the physical, the internal, the emotional, the intellectual. We talk about relationships and we also talk about that piece about purpose and meaning and craving more than we have without, you know, slapping that. <clears throat> I should be grateful on it because that's where I really, really struggled was, um, I know for a long time, I shamed myself with gratitude. I was like, oh, Christina, you have everything you could want. Why aren't you happy? Mm. And that's really a point I got to um, when I was my last corporate job. Every I checked all the boxes that I was supposed to have, right? Mm. I had the husband, the, the white picket fence, the everything. And I still was like, I'm not happy. There must be something wrong with me. And I really thought that for a long time until I went to a lot of therapy. I did a lot, a lot of work going, oh no, this is actually just a message. This, these tears on the way to work are a message that's coming from my inner wisdom that says there's more, you, there's more stuff. And that's why I love being on this podcast. Cause it was like, it was like a reminder of like why I do what I do. And yeah. I'm like, oh, right. Those are my gifts. <laughs> that's what I have. And, I, and I can't wait to get into them. There's so many parallels between your story and mine. And we live in different parts of the planet. We're both midlife women. We've both had this like, you know, successful corporate career and questioning, like there's got to be more. And is there something wrong with doing that? Like sometimes like there's that sort of trepidation. I still get that from some of the, you know, older women in my life where it's just like, you've got everything going for you. I'm like, and now I can actually say, yeah, I do. Because I think sometimes people would say that to me and I just be like, oh no, 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 no. Versus like, actually, no. Yeah. Like it, things are going really well for me and I feel really good about it. And if I'm not feeling good about it, I feel now I have like the tools to make that shift, like to lean into it. And it doesn't necessarily mean that I need to like, like throw everything out and start all over again. But I think like sort of tuning into it and, and sitting with it for a while and understanding sort of like where those thoughts come from and are they still serving me? Do I need them? Um, for you and the women that you work with, what sort of like you know, I guess like when we talk about sort of midlife women, like, I mean, it's like the stuff that we're talking about right now, it doesn't necessarily not happen to women that are younger than us, like in their twenties, but what's sort of the difference, I guess, between like where we were in our twenties and our thirties to where we are now and why this is coming up 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Because midlife is like, I always talk to my clients and tell them it's like a second adolescence. Mm. It's the second like huge transformation time that we're having. I talk a lot about archetypes. So the adolescent comes up because she's very much about transformation. She's letting go of her childhood, stepping into adulthood. But this is like midlife is like the transformation from we did all the things we were supposed to do and now we get to start choosing what we want to do and that can be so confusing for a lot of women because they were only taught what they needed to do for those like 20 to 40 right like i needed to get the job i needed to get the kids and the house and the this and the that and now we have like we've checked all those boxes many of us have checked all those boxes and now we're like well what else like I'm 40 years old. Don't I still have like another 40 or 60 years to live? Like surely life can't be over. And so when we start thinking, you know, like, well, what's now, right? Mm -hmm. We've had all these goals up until now. And now it's like, we come to the standstill of like, there's no more boxes to check. And so for me, it's about, it's a time of like really questioning, questioning all the rules we gave ourselves before, questioning our people-pleasing and our perfectionism, questioning, um, I mean, there's a lot of relationships that break down by midlife because maybe we've put them on hold or we've just ignored them or, I mean, millions of things can happen where we just start craving more. And it's it's such a beautiful time if we can give ourselves permission to really open up the possibilities, not just what we should or have to do anymore, but what we want to do. And that, I mean, I remember I must've been around 35, between 35 and 40, when somebody was like really seriously, Christina, what is it that you want? I was like, I don't know. Should I want anything else? I have all the things that I'm supposed to make me happy right? and they're not right. Like, and this isn't about like ditching your whole previous no. life, but yeah. just thinking right like we're not getting rid of the kids and the job and the I mean we can shift these things we can look at the way that they're showing up but this is really about us owning these are the choices I've made this is what's come up so far if I want something different I might have to show up differently and that's where I really help women is like tune into what is actually most important to them Mm -hmm. and then align their lives to that like what So how are you making all of your day-to-day choices? Because they are impacting what you're getting out of life. And if we constantly do the same things we always did, then Mm -hmm. we're always going to get the same results. And if we want something different, we have to look within ourselves. And it's really a lot about empowerment, right? And I know that I don't empower these women. Um, They have to empower themselves. I would have loved it if somebody would have come up to me with a silver tray and been like, here's your power. (laughs) Sprinkle a little uh, pixie dust on your head or something like that, or click your heels together and there's your new life. Um, Yeah, similar journey too, in the sense of someone asked me a question probably around the time of like, yeah, 38, 40, where it's like, how do you know when you're happy, Brenda? And I was like, what do you mean? How do I know when I'm happy? I'm, I'm like happy when my kids are happy. I'm happy when my spouse is happy. I'm happy when the dog is happy. Like, I, like I'm happy when all these other people are happy, right? 
and it's quiet. And that's what I was sort of looking like my thought, my head is quiet. My thoughts are quiet. There's nothing that's sort of like coming up for me. That's like making me freak out in this moment. Then I know I'm happy. And I was like, that doesn't feel like happiness. That just feels like people pleasing. So I had to kind of make mm-hmm. a shift for myself about like, yeah, well, how do I know when I'm happy? And when was the last time yeah. I felt happy and what, what was I doing and who was I with and what was I being for myself? And again, not to scrap everything that doesn't make you happy. Cause it's like, my kids still make me happy, but I wanted to discover like my things. It wasn't like as a result of somebody else or somebody else doing something for me that made me happy. It was like, no, I could create this myself. I could generate it myself. If I mm-hmm. sat long enough and figured out what that, that formula was. And then to your point, empower myself to do it. Um, so like through that discovery, cause you talked about like, you know, you sort of started finding out like what your gifts were. Um, and I call mm-hmm. them your uniques and you're here today to share mm-hmm. what makes you unique. What are some of the ones that you discovered about yourself? Yeah, definitely. I, I, and I love the quiz. So if y'all are listening and you haven't done the quiz and gotten the workbook, this is excellent. It doesn't take that long, even through the workbook, but it was really fun to like, start looking at like, Oh no, that is me. That is me. Cause we can all have those bad days where we're like, why do I even do this? (laughs) (laughs) But what I found was, um, my three uniques um, is one is compassionate honesty, which um, my friends will tell you sometimes I can be a bit abrasive. I've gotten better at the abrasiveness, but I am quite the honest friend. I'm the friend who's going to tell you when there's toilet paper coming out of your, <laughs> your <laughs> pants. Your show. Yeah, take it. <laughs> I also, um, I think I do a lot of big picture thinking uh-huh. so that sometimes when women come to me, they're so zeroed in on this one problem, maybe in their marriage, maybe in another area, but they're so zeroed in and they're so close to it that they have a hard time seeing what is the big picture? How many, how many of these battles do I need to fight? How many of them do, that do I not have to fight? And, and also in my own life. And then there's this one that I don't know what the exact word for it, but it's like an inner wisdom to empowerment, where again, like I said, empowerment isn't about me empowering them, but me using my inner wisdom to shine like a light so that they can see where their power is in a situation. That's, I think that's probably one of my gifts that sometimes my friends love and sometimes they don't love. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the beauty. I mean, I wrote them down just because, um, well, number one, I've, um, when I was hearing you talk about them, I'm like, wow, you, you have put a lot of thought into them because it's not just honesty, but it's the compassion and honesty. It's the big picture thinking. And you said the inner wisdom to empowerment, um, you know, just right in that not everybody is, and I say this to folks all the time, like there's 8 billion people on this planet. Somebody needs what you've got, but not all 8 billion people need what you've got at one point in time. Maybe they need it, you know, in 2023, but they don't need it in 2025. That's okay. There's another 7.99, you know, billion people on the planet that might need it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, keep getting out there and, and sharing that for people. Um, through that sort of journey to get to this point where you know that those are the three things that make you unique, uh, how, because you talk about alignment, how do you see these things aligning in these uniques aligning in different areas of your life? 
Oh, in different areas. Definitely. Like, um, I think before we started recording, we were talking about my son who's in the military and he's away. And sometimes it's months before I talk to him again. And so I think that I use that big picture because I, I always hear that boys come back around at the age of 25 to their mom <laughs> and they need more than so like my big picture is like instead of panicking or trying to give him a guilt trip or mm. trying to you know use manipulation to get those phone calls that I just kind of hold space for that big picture because I know in the end it's going to be fine and as long as I keep showing up the way that I want to show up which means I do call him every week and leave a message and I send him texts and sometimes he answers those back um but that's really about me showing up the way I want to for the long run, not for this panicky, really emotional, uncomfortable space that I sometimes can find myself in around like, what is he doing? Why am I not important? Right. I can go down that whole suffering spiral. But instead, I'm just like, nope, we're holding space for the long run, like for the for this uh, big, big picture. So that's one way that I, I use the big picture is like, OK, is this a battle that I want to fight? Or is this, is this just normal, right? And I, I've come to the conclusion, you know, Dr. Phil would agree with me that it's just the time of the child's life where he is going off and learning how to adult by himself. And, right. and that really helps me kind of get through the sadness of not having him around so much anymore. Um, well, so I definitely there. Yeah, I was just gonna say, and even confirming the fact that, hey, you've done your job as a parent, as a mom is like our job primarily. I mean, yes, there's the whole like love and affection that we get from having children, but it's also about raising fully fledged adults. So, mm -hmm. you know, he's, you know, carving out his path and he's doing that now. And it's like, you've done your job and, and maybe he will come back at 25 asking for more parenting advice, et cetera. And based off of how you develop yourself, you'll be like ready and um, available to do that. But at the same time, I love the fact that you're also holding yourself, like, what do I want this relationship to be for the the long run? And, mm -hmm. you know, right now I could be, you know, connecting with the fact that I've got this like frenetic nervous energy. Um, mm -hmm. but is that how I want my relationship to be overall with my son? I think it's a really great reflection. How do right. you, Just because, yeah, yeah. Just because right now I'm like feeling sad about it doesn't mean that something needs to change. I think that is such a huge lesson for so many people, including myself, is just because it's uncomfortable right now doesn't mean anything's wrong. It doesn't mean that anything needs to change or shift. It just is what it is. Yeah. So sitting with that emotion, feeling what it feels like, understanding it, even telling yourself mm -hmm. like, it's okay that I'm feeling this right now. I mean, I haven't felt yeah. sadness or anxiousness for a while. And I forgot what it's feeling like because I've, you know, pushed mm -hmm. it away. So like, what does it actually feel like? Um, mm -hmm. When you talked about the compassion and honesty and you've got, like you made a uh, mention about, you know, I'm just kind of curious about this and some of our listeners might be as well, but how do you navigate that when not everybody wants the compassionate honesty, right? Like when you, uh -huh. when you've got this unique ability, but not everybody is like, Hey, you know what? I've got my dose of it today. I don't need another serving or another helping of it. How do you deliver on that? Because it's like, I always say to people, yeah. stay in your unique, stay in your uniques. But for some people it might be like, you know what? I've had too much of Brenda's uniques today. 
Yeah. Compassionate honesty. Um, I think the number one thing is if they're not paying me as a client, we have to ask first, <laughs> uh, do you really want the answer to that? Like, and I, I ask my friends this all the time when they're talking to me about something that's going on, because I have that inner wisdom to empowerment. That's like, I want you to be empowered. Like, I want to show you where you have power and, and shine that light. And when you're in a friendship, that's different. Like sometimes people just want to rant and rave. They don't necessarily want a solution. Um, and it can feel invalidating to them that I'm not actually listening to what is going on for them, that they just want to be heard. So sometimes it's as simple as like, even with my husband, when he's talking to me, it's like, um, do we want to fix this? Like, are we looking for solutions? Are we looking just to be heard? Are you like, what is it that you need out of this? So for me, compassionate honesty starts with that question. Like, how can I best support you right now? What is it that you need out of this? Um, because one, that question also, like when I'm ranting and raving, that question to me slaps me in my tracks and goes, oh, I'm being actually quite powerless about this. Mm. And so like, cause ranting and raving as good as it might feel in a moment, like it, it doesn't really solve anything. There's not like any conclusion that really comes other than, Hey, I'm upset is basically what it is. Um, so really finding, um, out, how how that person wants to be supported is really really important when it comes to my clients like that's different they're they're there because they actually don't want to feel powerless and they have like you know since they pay me every month that's like them confirming that yes i i want you to tell be compassionately honest now i used to be brutally honest and i have some friends that would tell you i was quite abrasive so the compassionate part had to come later but there was a part of me that was like i'm never going to give up the honesty part because that's just who i am you if you don't want the answer to a question you should not be asking me <laughs> i will tell you the honest and i'll say it with love and i'll love you the whole way but the reason i'm being so honest is because I, I usually out of love, you know, usually out of concern and like, Hey, this is what I'm seeing. Are you also seeing this? Mm. And, and so some people appreciate it. And then there's people who are, you know, they really thrive in their victimhood. Um, I had some of these role models growing up and they really don't want solutions. And the great thing about that is when I start, um, trying to give solutions, they stop ranting and raving to me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, you're, yeah, your super, your superpower can really help you in that situation. So the opposite of that, has there been someone in your life that's been that sort of strong mentor that's fostered, helping you bring out and shine a light on those three uniques that's been, you know, important for you? I'm sure there's been many, right? Like, so I had a really great therapist 10 years ago. That was awesome. Um, I've definitely had coaches. There's a woman um, who runs, well, she founded the organization Woman Within, um, and she she was phenomenal in showing me how you can be honest, how you can use your inner wisdom, and um, still come across as like a really loving person, like out of concern, not out of I'm being judgy or picky. Right. Um, and so... Chartosi was definitely really elemental to me, really. Um, one of my intentions in life is like divine love, like Jesus-like love. And so she was helpful in helping me 
see perspectives that I wasn't understanding and having compassion for people who I may not agree with. I may not even like their opinions. I might you know, feel just the opposite, but I can actually have compassion for them. Um, so she was probably a really big one and she's all about empowerment and where is my power in this situation? And that to me is like essential because while I was growing up, my mother had a lot of victimhood, although she would constantly for me, like, and so when we were going through our experiences, I was like, oh yeah, it's my childhood trauma. That makes me so good at these things. (laughs) I completely get that. (laughs) But, um, and it always was shocking to me that like there was, I had all this power, but for some reason my mom didn't see herself having power. So it's always made me really curious about how people work and how people shift, you know, hence my book, right? How how do we start seeing more and being able to give ourselves more permission to see even more and be open, right? Rather than always victiming or or powerless, really. I mean, yeah, just that like, overall reluctance to explore it. Powerless. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Very fascinating. And just seeing like, and this is where it's like, I'm always like, you know, approaching every guest that comes on to share their three uniques is just this like child of wonder where it's just like, it's so interesting to see how your three uniques have manifested throughout your life. And so I'm curious, how do you see your three uniques shaping your future focus? Like over the next five, 10 years, I know for some people that might be like, uh, you know, a really broad, um, uh, way to sort of look at it, but I know having prior conversations with you, it is all about sort of planning for that future and thinking, okay, I am midlife. And like, what does the next like 10, 20, 30 years look like for my life? Not only work, but also physically, emotionally relationships. So how do you see your three uniques sort of playing out in the next five, 10 years for yourself? Yeah. I mean, it's very simple to say in my business, since I'm like a midlife mentor, I use these tools every day, obviously. So that's really simple. And I think that for a lot of us, that becomes the more simple one, because if, especially if we own our own business, we're like constantly thrown into this, like, who are you? What's most important to you? What's going on? Who's your client? So um, that part is really easy. When I think about um, the other future, like we have a dream of, having a big farm in Colorado, like I always call it like the misfit farm, right? Like we want to take on the animals that nobody else wants. (laughs) (laughs) But how that works out is that, I mean, I think I do have big dreams and I do have big goals and, you know, that empowerment, that inner wisdom part of me really tunes in and changes things when they're not right. Um, And, I mean, just one example is last week I was doing a free workshop and I did it twice. I had it scheduled twice. And after the first one, which was like 120 slides that was set up by a coach of mine that was like, oh yeah, it's going to be awesome. This is what, after I was done, I was like, "Mm, that's kind of crap. Like I I didn't like that at all. And, and so uh, for the second one, I just threw out the entire book and I was like, what actually like using my inner wisdom and my own empowerment, like what actually feels good? What would be the best way to get this message across? And I realized I'm a very experiential person. Like I need people to experience things, not just hear them and like try to process them, but like, I want them to actually experience things. And so that's 
that's one way and it's worked out so much better and it took the same amount of time and it was like got so much more interest because I was showing them the process rather than like just speaking about it so I think it's really about like I tune into this inner wisdom whether it's managing how I manage our children how I connect with new people um, how I dream about what it is that I want in the future. I always kind of have to check in with my inner wisdom. Like even the summit, I was going to plan it for March. And then somebody else was like, mm -hmm, don't you want to give yourself more time? And as soon as I moved it out to June, I felt like this whole weight lift off me. And I was like, right, because that's the right thing. And so it's really about I mean, for the rest of my life, I think it's just about tuning into my inner wisdom and really giving myself permission to listen and hear it, even though some of the things may be scary or challenging, um, that I just constantly go back to what do I know is the right thing for me? Um, and that I think is super powerful. That's what I'm hoping that all midlife women will start doing. Absolutely. Is like, yeah. What is my inner wisdom saying about this? Just like your three uniques. It's like, mm -hmm. what is my inner wisdom saying? about this like is that to do these feel right and I really sat with them for a while and I was like yep that's exactly that's exactly who I want to be yeah and I think well whether it's your inner wisdom that intuitive nature knowing what makes you unique when you put yourself into that situation like everything you were just talking about the powerpoint slides and then just doing it the way you want to do it and to allow your three uniques to sort of show up in that environment it just feels more natural for you so I know mm -hmm. from like leading teams of people before and, you know, seeing people like we'd always talk about behavior or performance and seeing people not necessarily like, uh, you know, the, the work not necessarily clicking, you know, maybe you'd see it as things not being submitted on time or, um, you know, the work quality not as great. And I'd go back to the person, I'd be like, if you could do it again, do a take two, how would you do it? Well, I do it this way, do it this way. I think about it, please do it that way. <laughs> So when you are um, not doing your podcast, what are you mm -hmm. up to? Where would we find you? Oh, probably in nature somewhere. I, it's springtime now. We've already started the weekend camping trips. I love to just go in the middle of nowhere and be with nature. That's really what fills my cup. I've been really busy um, this month. And so we've gone camping twice already. So it's like, I always feel like it's like that saying that they say about meditation, like yeah, everybody should meditate for 15 minutes, unless you're too busy, then maybe an hour. Um, I feel that way about like camping and going into nature, like every month I need a weekend away. And when I'm really busy, I need a few. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so that, and that's what my inner wisdom really teaches me is like how to slow down and make it okay for me to take breaks, you know, um, and empower myself to really fulfill myself again, so that I can bring these gifts in a clear, good way to people. Because I mean, I think that any of our uniques can get really sidetracked if we get so busy in our mind, you know, so, so crazy busy. So it helps me come back to me every month. Um, so that's, that's basically what we do. I live in Colorado, so there's a lot of hiking, camping, <laughs> you know, beautiful same, mountains. <laughs> same lifestyle here in Vancouver, for sure. Mountains only 20 minutes away. Um, so where can people find you, Christina? 
Yeah, you can find me on Instagram. It's uh, Christina underscore Smith underscore XOXO. You can find me on Facebook too. And you can find the Inviting Shift podcast anywhere that you listen to podcasts. So just look up Inviting Shift and you'll find it. And I'm sure you're going to find Brenda on there as well. (laughs) (laughs) Covering up. Um, Okay, awesome. I have one last question for you, which is if I could give you a billboard and it could be anywhere on the planet, where would you put it? And what would you put on the billboard? Like, what would it say? Ooh, that is so good. Yeah, sorry, it's taken me a minute. Um, just just so we know, this was not a question that was presented to me earlier. (laughs) Where would I put it? I would probably um I would probably put it uh I think let's say New York City. I would love it to be like somewhere where people like the most amount of people would see it every day. And I would, um, there's so many things I could have it say. I would really go with trust your inner wisdom if that's not too cheesy, but I think that so many of us are focused on external validation and that's why we no longer have that inner wisdom or that intuitiveness of ourselves Mm -hmm. because we're so, we've been so busy telling ourselves that that's all wrong, that I should do what other people say I should do. Um, I productivity should be really important. Um, and I think that we, hopefully in midlife, we're starting to rethink all those rules that we gave ourselves earlier and saying, well, what happens if, what happens if I, if I don't have to be perfect, what happens if I'm not pleasing other people? So yeah, it would be more about trusting your inner wisdom or like I would always tell my 12 year old self, just love yourself more, you know, just love yourself more. Beautiful. Can't wait to find out where the billboard's going to (laughs) be. Me neither. Um, thanks Christina for being on today and sharing your three uniques with us and sharing where people can find you and just the lovely conversation about learning about your intuitive self and how you create alignment for your clients. Beautiful. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a great opportunity. I really appreciate, um, the three uniques too. I'm going to be using this. I have them posted up on my wall now too. So I'm like, I'm going to look at these. I'm going to make sure that these are the gifts that I'm bringing every day, no matter where I am. So such a beautiful process. Thank you so much. And everyone tuning in, I always say this at the end of every podcast, uh, there's 8 billion people on this planet. Get out there and share what makes you unique. Somebody needs what you've got. Take care, everyone. Mm -hmm.